The reviews are in, and we're going to tell you what they are. He's Todd Vandenberg. I'm Rob Steele. Happy 2021, because that whole one makes all the difference in the... It, it hasn't changed anything yet, has it? Hasn't. Nothing. It's, it's still here. It did help me point out something new, though. Actually, it wasn't the year that pointed it out. It was the fact that a video came out that pointed out something about uh, a favorite Christmas movie. Um, it's something that I had never noticed. I don't know if Todd's ever noticed it, but it is one of our favorite Christmas movies. It's something that someone caught in Die Hard. That very <laughs> few people, that. very few people have noticed this. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if you saw this. This was from from the first Die Hard movie. Uh, there is a clip uh, toward the end where. John McClane is fighting Carl, the long, blonde-haired, big, bad guy. Who, I've forgotten who played him. He was a big actor at the time. He's a Russian dancer, mainly. And I still can't think of his name, but yeah. Yeah, anyway, I played Carl. And shortly after Carl dies in the movie, that's not a spoiler. It's Die Hard. It came out in, what, 87, 88? You should have seen it by now. Anyway, shortly after Carl dies in the movie... Officer McLean, played by Bruce Willis, slumps against a pillar, reloads his gun, and then runs off the screen. But if you look behind the pillar, hey, there's Carl on the stairs. <laughs> and Ale no one ever caught it. Alexander Goodenough did not get... Thank he you. wasn't good enough to get out of the way. Ha, 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 ha! That was a year, decade... That was a joke, decades in the making. That was also a year, decades in the making, like this year. But wow, that was terrible. We should restart the show. Yeah, but isn't that isn't that bizarre? That is it totally is. bizarre. Although, I have, now have you have you seen the clip? Where I they have. I, I actually you know went and got the movie and went. Is that really there? Uh, frame by frame by frame by. Holy is crap, it? It's Carl. Is it? It's there. Okay, okay. Because I just watched it. I didn't bother like rewatching it with a good quality picture. I was just like watching the clip on YouTube and it's like, is this, is this like the ghost in three men and a baby that was just a cardboard standing? It's like, okay, so he actually was there. That's he was uh, there. And that, and that happens in movies constantly. What's weird is when did Die Hard come out? 1988. 1988. <laughs> and we're just now noticing it. <laughs> Yeah, proof that 2020 is the year's worst year ever, or the year's were ever. Year's were. That, that yeast, it sense. is the yeast. It's the yeast were. It's a yeah. yeast infection. That's all. <clears throat> My God, 32 years later, someone finds a uh, error in Die Hard, and it's apparently kind of obvious. Although I guess it wasn't. How bizarre is that? Now that we now that we know it's there, <laughs> it's one of those things you'll never be able to unsee this. Yeah. And that's the weird thing. Not that, oh, there's a mistake. The, the fact that it took 32 years to, for someone to notice it. 32 years. Whoever the person is, they should now be the chief of detectives like for the world. It's like, oh, my God. There you go. Actually, other thing we found out, and this is kind of important, and it goes to The Mandalorian. Yes. Uh, because we know that the book of Boba Fett is coming after season two. Yes. But is the book of Boba Fett season three of The Mandalorian or is it its own standalone thing? We have found out from John Farvo himself that it is its own standalone thing. Yeah, which is cool. Uh, and it's coming out next 
Thanksgiving, Christmas area. This, but that's when Mandalorian season three should be coming out. Panic not. Season three will be coming out shortly after the Book of Boba Fett. And Rangers of the Republic will be coming out sometime. And I guess there's still some controversy whether Gina Carano will be headlining that or, or not. So beat bop boop. Yep, exactly. So we will see what happens. But I'm glad that the Boba Fett show is going to be its own series. I, I, I approve. I like that. I always liked Boba Fett, even in the Star Wars holiday special. And I, oh my God, I like the actor <laughs> that is carrying on the tradition of Boba Fett as well. So I think Although, it'll be a really uh, nice. Since move. our last show, Jeremy Bullock, the guy who originally played him, died. Yeah. Which is say, and actually, this this one just a couple days ago, uh, Don Wells, yes, um, Marianne, Marianne of Gilligan's Island, uh, died of COVID. Damn it! Mm-hmm. And I, actually, I was talking with my wife about this, and we were explaining to my daughters who Marianne was and what Gilligan's Island was, because <laughs> yes. And I know that she was supposed to be, you know, the, the I guess the homely girl with the movie star who. Well, she had a ginger. I don't think she was supposed to be the homely girl. She was just the girl next door. But well, right. the, I know where well, you're going with this because I agree. She was supposed to, the movie star was supposed to be the gorgeous one. And yeah. I always thought that Don Wells was much more attractive. Yeah, I agree. You know, too, too much cake on the movie star. And, but that's just and, and, and that's what it was. That's what it and was. It, it had to be put there with coconuts because that's what everything was made out of on that show. True. Made a cell phone out of coconuts 5,000 <laughs> years before they existed. Which, uh, con- considering the stuff the professor invented, it's incredible that he couldn't fix a hole in a boat, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Why didn't you fill it with coconut? Come on. Oh, uh, what but a. Speaking of desert islands, uh, yes. Dune. Dune had a hissy fit. Yes. And uh, they. Because Warner Brothers said their entire slate of 2021 movies is going to HBO Max at the same time. And Dune went, oh, hell no. So apparently it's not. Which I thought was interesting. Yeah. Um, And you know what? Good for them. I I approve of that. If you don't, because you're not going to make as much money on HBO Max as you would in a theater. And I realize theaters are not necessarily open yet. But now, was it Dune or was it Godzilla versus Kong, where Legendary Pictures asked for 150 million bucks to go to HBO Max? It was one of the two. I, I missed that. If I was smart, I would have double checked that. But one of the two features, the studio said, "Okay, we'll go to HBO Max, but you're going to pay us, the studio, 150 million dollars because we estimate and." That's hardly anything compared to what the box office hit would be. But I, I, I mean, it's an unfortunate reality, and it's a very small byproduct of COVID, 340,000 dead in the U.S. alone and counting. But <clears throat> Wonder Woman broke $100 million globally at the box office. Globally. You know, if it underperformed, it probably would have made $700 million so far, maybe $800. Yeah. Uh, so 150 million is really reasonable, I think. For of course, most studios aren't asking for anything; they're just figuring, okay, well, we'll just take it because that's the way it is. But 
We may yeah, have made the movie. We may as well put it out. No. Yeah, Legendary's not really thrilled with with uh, HB with Warner's decision to put everything on HBO Max day and day, and some individual people are not thrilled when it turned out that uh, Gal Gadot got a, a ten million dollar paycheck, and so did Patty Jenkins for Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four showing up on HBO Max day and date. From what I've read, those are the only two talents that have gotten any kind of compensation for that so apparently a few other people are kind of miffed it's like oh where's our cut so the the whole thing about going day and date with theatrical release on hbo max is far from over it'd be interesting to see how this all plays out yeah going to be something to keep an eye on this year as well as as well as this this is i've got the weirdest story And technically, it's not movie news, but movies will be able to be played on it. Did we talk about this in pre-pro? Hi, Ted. No, well, I I brought up that it's it's the weirdest, weirdest story I've seen in a while. You did bring it up in pre-pro. Hi, Ted. Hi, Ted. (laughs) Someday we're going to have to have Ted on the show just to have. But only in pre-pro. But only in (laughs) pre-pro. So anyway, have you heard the news out of Kentucky Fried Chicken? <laughs> I have. I have heard the news. This is so bizarre. But and I, when I first heard about this, uh, which was like last June, the KF console, <laughs> where I kind of went, really? The Kentucky Fried Chicken is making a video game console that is also a fried chicken warmer. Yep. And you kind of go, Really? That's got that, that's something off the onion, right? You know, if yep. that can't be real. Oh my god, it's real. Uh, yeah. I mean, it, it it's got a actually I've seen the specs on it. It's kind of impressive. Yeah, the specs are good, right? Um <laughs> just I mean, it's, got a, it's got a ninth gen Intel chip in it. Um and there, there's no price on this thing yet. There's no release date on it yet. There are pictures of it, and it looks like a K- it's a big black KFC bucket it's a big with a power KFC button bucket. on it. Yeah. What I haven't read, and I waited until I'd gone through the third article about it, not the third reposting on someone else of the same article, but the third actual article before I right. thought, okay, I guess it's real. Uh, I haven't seen anything about an operating system. What What will it be running? I have seen that it is linked uh, to possibly to Microsoft. So it could be a really big mm. Xbox. But at the same time, I'm thinking, mm, no. Why would, yeah, I mean, it's weird. Why would Microsoft want to cannibalize Xbox sales? Or I don't know. It's just, it's that's that's what I'm most curious about is like anybody can build a machine with good specs and then decide to put a chicken warmer underneath it. Actually, the chicken or above it, above it, which would make more sense. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, surely they're not going to launch their own entire operating system. I, yeah, that wouldn't make any sense or, or their entire universe of games. So there is a picture of it here, though, that looks like you will have to empty a grease tray eventually. Well, I would is, hope so, unless you want your games to be all squishy. And flaming. 
because I, I mean, there, there's something you've never seen on a game system before. Grease trap. Hang on a minute. Uh, we'll get back to Call of Duty, but I've got to empty the grease trap first. Wonder, wonder if the grease trap will turn into something like at a bad fried chicken place, you know, where they don't empty it for like six months and then the place catches fire and there's rats living inside of it. And yeah, I can see that happening because I'm pretty sure anybody who would decide they need a chicken warming game console probably isn't going to be that. Uh, meticulous about emptying the grease trap like not realizing it's there or as health conscious as <laughs> yeah that's wow. one of the better news items of 2020 yeah but it's weird yeah that and that's how why it fits 2020 because it's totally batshit insane but, you know, <laughs> a chicken warming game console but you know speaking of uh, things that are let's see Black, shiny, and have power buttons on them. I'm, I'm using that as a segue into my first review, which uh, is something that is also probably just as disappointing as I suspect this is going to end up being. <laughs> <clears throat> and that would be the, the new Doctor Who special that came out on New Year's. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what? This KFC bucket thing looks similar to the new design of the Daleks. It just reminiscent, but the new design of the Daleks, actually, it does look good. Can they keep chicken warm inside them? They should. They might be able to because there was a space for it. (laughs) There was no, they they did some nifty stuff with this episode. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, we've already seen this episode. It was called Victory of the Daleks that came out a few years ago during Matt Smith's era, and instead of being the current prime minister who had Daleks taking, be in charge of security for the UK, it was Winston Churchill. You remember those episodes? Of course you do. It was basically the same thing, only with the new cast that did have John Barrowman back as Captain, it's not Sparrow, Captain Jack Harkness, which is a good thing. <laughs> that is a very Captain good thing. Jack is always fun. Captain Jack has got to be getting kind of long in the tooth at this point, doesn't he? They can color his hair. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> I've seen his him. skin. I saw him on an episode of QI, and his hair is white. And you know what? It's not a bad look for him. And honestly, if you get the opportunity to see that episode, if I recall correctly, it's the first episode of the R season. It's hilarious and does have Doctor Who references in it. What? What? An episode of Battle Talks? Just let that go. (laughs) Watch it. It's funny. Anyway, the the Doctor Who special. We lose two of the companions. (gasps) In that, they leave. They don't die. I'm not going to tell you which two, but chances are you know. They have announced that the companion joining them is going to be played by John Bishop, who a lot of people know. uh, Nice. As he's a British comedian, mostly does some acting going to be doing some acting here he's funny we'll like him um but as for this special the special effects for the daleks improved the design improved they all got destroyed so we'll never see them again oh i'm sorry that was a spoiler you knew it was going to happen they whenever they upgrade the daleks they don't last for more than like three episodes and like they won't be back because they're daleks they'll always be back the the special effects were improved. They did do some interesting stuff with the organic bits of the Dalek that's usually inside. Ooh. 
squishy. Except they kind of ripped off aliens with it. The stuff inside a Dalek is not a face hugger. Don't do that again. <laughs> Overall, the episode had some good stuff, had some bad stuff. You know what? If you miss this particular episode, you're not really missing that much, except for the two people leaving. And you'll catch on when you watch the next episode and they're not there anymore. You probably would. So anyway, new Doctor Who special. Watch it for John Barrowman. Otherwise, frankly, I wasn't impressed. Did they leave to start a KFC franchise? They should. They could have. Dalek-themed KFC game console chicken warmers. Ugh, got well, it. it did have the guy from Law & Order who was kind of chicken-esque. <laughs> Does that help? It totally helps. Okay. I watched a film that I enjoyed more than Rob right enjoyed. <laughs> I watched Soul, the new offering, and we were talking about things being released. I wanted to watch that. Well, you. But my family can't. said, no, we're going to watch this as a family. I said, fine, sit down. I've got to do a show. I'd like to review this movie. No, we're going to watch it as a family, and we're not ready right now. Ah. So, fine, well, I haven't watched it yet. I believe your family will enjoy soul this is the latest pixar offering and it did go direct to disney plus because not a lot of theaters out there <clears throat> that are open so yeah and this is the first pixar film that is led by a black character which makes it fun doesn't make it necessarily make it fun but it is fun and it is a typical pixar movie in that it's funny it's bright it looks very cool has a warm message it's an excellent family film the premise is a <clears throat> jazz pianist who has not ever really found his way to becoming a jazz pianist, as in professionally, as in this is his gig and this is what he does. He's basically trapped. He's a middle school music teacher. And, you know, it's just kind of he's just kind of slogging through. And occasionally he'll see a spark in a student, which makes him feel good. But he really wants to be a professional pianist, a professional musician. And he gets a chance to get his breakthrough gig with a with a high high level performer, just to sit in on a session. And uh, he has a bit of an accident. No spoiler, because that's what the whole thing is about. Because it is called Soul. It's in the trailer. He, uh, he uh, doesn't make it. He has an accident, and he winds up in the afterlife. And he's about to get taken away. And he is not ready for the afterlife because he hasn't lived his life at all the way he feels. So it's all about his adventures, about getting back. And to do that, he has to take under his wing. He doesn't really have wings, but under his arm. Uh, another soul who is in preparation to be born, who just doesn't want to be born, who has everything they need. And so it's about the interplay. You know, it's, a, it's like a buddy road movie, but in the afterlife. And it's extremely well done. Extremely well done. Jamie Foxx is the jazz musician. And Tina Fey is the soul that does not want to be born. And Tina Fey it plays kind of her bratty persona, but extremely, really well. Jamie Foxx has some funny lines, but he's basically the straight man. It's extremely well written. It's very funny. Uh, it does get to the touchy-feely moments towards the end of it, like almost any Pixar film will. And they're... They play very true. They don't play like, oh, let's tack this on because this is like the Spielberg moment. 
where Spielberg is notorious for like, oh, let's make it touchy-feely. Yeah, don't do that. Um, yeah, I'm looking at you, War of the Worlds, you crap fest. Uh, <coughs> okay. Yeah. Um, a bit, but okay. Well, I'll, I'll explain that in a bit. But Soul is excellent. It's, and again, somehow Pixar manages to make another film that doesn't look like any other Pixar film. And they keep on doing that, and eventually they'll run out of ways to do that. But it looks terrific. Actually has almost two different styles of animation going at the same time, which totally works in this film. And again, Jimmy Fox is excellent. Faye is excellent. Really good movie. Very fun. Kids will love it. The parents will say, hey, that was really good, instead of, as happens all too often with air quote family films, where you just have to suffer for, for an hour and a half. So very good, highly recommended. The uh, War of the Worlds reference is to the fact that the son of the protagonist, Tom Cruise, runs off <clears throat> to join the fight against the Martians, where Tom Cruise only wants to keep his family safe. So he runs off to join the fight against the Martians in the middle of a battle, and he runs over the hill, and the hill whole the whole hill blows up, and blah blah blah. And Cruise goes through all these terrible things to keep his daughter alive and finally gets back to Boston at the end of the thing when the bacteria defeat the, <clears throat> when the microbes defeat the <clears throat> invaders, which uh, not much of a spoiler alert because that happened in the book, which is over 100 years old. Um, and there's the sun on the doorstep. So all of Cruise's sacrifices were totally pointless because the kid ran off into a battle. He came back just fine. And that's Spielberg. Oh, I want to have a touchy-feely moment, which makes no freaking sense at all. So a lot of times Spielberg is just too schmaltzy for his own good. Not always, but in that case, yeah, that sucked. Did you say protagonist? I did. Can I revisit something for just a moment? Please do. I rewatched Tenet. <laughs> did you? I still haven't watched it. Who, yeah. uh... I mean, can you, the, can our you main figure out who the protagonist is? Is yeah, he's the protagonist. <laughs> that's, that's what he's called in the credits, for Christ's sake. He's called <laughs> the protagonist. Can you give the guy a name? <laughs> Call him Steve. Something. It can't be Steve. He can be Bill. She's fine. Bill. Don't care. He really doesn't look like a Bill. I don't know why, but he doesn't. John. His name is John. Any anyway. Name is John. It <laughs> <laughs> is not a thing, isn't it? This is this would be the second time I have watched Tenet. Now, the first time I thought it was enjoyable, but I didn't know what the hell was going on most of the time until the end of the movie when you kind of go, oh, OK. So if that is like this, then these go over here and you can sort the whole movie out and everything's fine. I know it this time going in because it's the second time I've watched it. That makes sense. I can do it a little bit better now and tell you. The movie makes a hell of a lot more sense the second time through. That's a good thing. And that's fine. It's a good thing. Uh, it also helps to... Uh, see, when I went to the um, went to the theater to see this, I thought the audio in the theater was crap. I'm wrong. The way they recorded a lot of the dialogue in this movie, it sucks. Yeah. Because they're, oh, we're talking on the edge of a boat. Let's have the waves drown out most of the dialogue. What the hell did you do? No. This the, movie's hard enough to follow as it is. So. What's what's frustrating about that is that's, that's intentional. And you would. It is. Kind of hope it would be because how could someone that, that's, that accomplished make such a bad mistake? It's not a mistake. 
and he's had arguments with people in the film community, not us, because we ain't that big, but just that. They're, but they're if you want to argue with us, you can contact us through the website, cinemasavants.com. Yeah, that would be fun. That this is intentional, that, you know, it's part of the structure of the film. And it's like, yeah, just like a few weeks ago, he was talking, saying how people are missing the fact that Tom Hardy was brilliant in uh, the Batman flick. And people we couldn't understand him half the exactly. time. Exactly, dude. That's your choice. It's your choice that people don't recognize Tom Hardy's greatness in that role as Bane because you chose to have that difficult to understand accent, tone, intonation, synthesizer. It's like, come on, man. It's like it, the the goal of cinema is to communicate. That's the basic goal. What message you want to communicate? That's up to you. But if people can't understand the freaking dialogue, make a silent film, buddy. I was like, yeah, I understand you're trying to make a point, but you've got to be able to have people understand the freaking dialogue. So, yeah, it's yeah, bad idea on their part. Doesn't make a lot of sense to do that at all. Second time through, it really helps. I still have a problem with them bungee jumping up the side of a building. I like it. I, I have rewound that a couple times, and it still doesn't work in my head. Other than that, <laughs> Tenet is, I think Tenet is actually worth watching, and I will tell you, you're going to have to watch it at least twice. Which I look forward to. Once I crack down. Yeah, that first time, you're going to go, what the hell is this? I don't, I don't get it. it, it I, I don't understand until you're like, oh, the closing credit. Closing credits explained everything that they don't. <laughs> the second time it's you want to feel it. like it. And by the way, if you're going to buy it instead of rent it, uh, I recommend as I'm talking about digital, I recommend going on Vudu because it has, if you like this sort of thing, like eight featurettes, whereas Amazon Prime has zero featurettes. Yep. At least they're not promoting it that way. So just a thought, uh, which brings me to my next film. Just a thought. Did you see this, it on Amazon Prime? I did not, actually. And I'm going to briefly mention this because I think I talked about this on the last show because you had reviewed Milan and we're talking well, about it was last live action. Year, so who knows? It was last year. God knows when it happened. Uh, talking about the live action remake of Milan. And if I did, I apologize. But briefly, this could have been much better. It's entertaining. Yes, it's fun. Yes, it's good. Yes, I'm glad I watched it. Yes. But this could have been terrific. And it's like there's either too much magic, literally, or not enough. Uh, they've kind of played it halfway to doing a... It found an awkward middle ground. Yeah, very awkward. Halfway between like a wire foo flick and a magic flick. And there's not enough of either. It, you know, it's, it's halfway between a straight-up fantasy and... Crouchy Tiger, Hidden Dragon, and it's neither, and it really suffers for that, which is unfortunate because the performances are great. Yeah. The story is great. I like the direction that they went with it as far as taking out the music, taking out the little dragon, blah, 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 because this is more the historical story rather than, you know, a Disney take. And the Mulan cartoon is excellent. I'm not knocking it. It's just this was a different approach, and they just didn't go far enough with it they didn't really to me they didn't really commit to making let's make this instead of let's just kind of piece this together it's like totally doesn't work 
Uh, which brings me to, oh, that's the one I forgot. Speaking of a film that's totally pieced together, Wonder Woman 1984. We've talked about this oh, a dear. Little bit before. Um, two and a half hours long. Half hour too long, easily. Um, Patty Jenkins is on record as having had a lot of fights with the studio from the first film, forcing them to have the big bad battle between Ares and Wonder Wonder Woman at the end, which you would expect would happen, but her statement was that she wanted Ares not to have to wear the big armor and blah, 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 and look like a god, just that he was a god, so he didn't have to take the form of look it, which is fine. I, I can see her point. And it would have made it, it would have looked a lot better. Yeah. And that's one of her actor, complaints. But she doesn't because, look good that armor. No. And that was one of her complaints about it, is they said, fine, do it your way, do it your way. And then when they're wrapping bag, basically, they said, no, we want this. So all of a sudden, they got to throw in all this CGI. And that was her complaint. Well-founded. And she's right, I believe. Absolutely. In, in this case, I don't know if it was studio interference or if they needed studio interference, but there are, this thing just wanders all over the place. Uh, Wonder Woman is gradually losing her powers, and that's why she has a difficult time in her fights. Um, Kristen Wiig is very, very good as Cheetah, the uh, one of the protagonists. Um, big antagonists. problem. Antagonist, yeah. Sorry, she's kind of a protagonist actually, as it starts out. Um, yeah, my family wouldn't let me watch this one yet either. The problem with her character is she starts out as this very sympathetic, almost comic character. Although, if you take it seriously, it's really deeply sad, and and it creates it's. He gives you the motiv motivation for why she turns into the villainess and, and, and the rest of it, but it's, it's just not believable because she's, it, it just doesn't work for me. It just doesn't work. Uh, one of the things that really doesn't work is when she finally becomes Cheetah and it does kind of the, the CGI looking, which is like 10,000 times better than cats. Jesus, what a disaster. Um, part of the reason it works so well is because all of a sudden, they're fighting at night. Everything else, basically, in the movie takes place in the daytime, but because they so they could cover up, which what is probably not the greatest CGI, it's hard to tell because it's dark. That just seems like a very easy cheat. You on mean, this you mean DC movie made DC made a movie that had something dark in it? Yeah, imagine that. Hmm. Um. And don't come up with this thematic crap about, well, that plays to the theme of the... No, it doesn't play to the theme of the movie. It's plays to the theme of the fact that they were cheap and couldn't get the job done correctly. Uh, the other big problem, hmm, one of the other big problems, let me rephrase that, is the other villain, Maxwell Lord, who has just a terrible motivation for being a villain and isn't very villainous what he does is really bad but it's still just it just doesn't hold water uh and, and honestly the wonder woman films i really like the first one and this one's okay uh they have a huge problem with their villains their villains suck absolutely suck i'll agree wonder woman the character is well done gal gadot play does an excellent job of playing her um the whole thing of bringing Steve Trevor back, it worked except for the fact that he takes over the body of another person and nobody, including the hero, Wonder Woman, gives a damn that they've just eliminated the life of this other person. Who cares? Go ahead, take his body. 
Let's not I worry about that. that. And just kind of went. Do do they care? Because I have, like I said, I haven't seen it yet. But you just answered they don't that. They care. They don't even address it. They never address it. The characters don't. The film addresses it towards the end, but ignores it. Uh, so yeah, let's just have my dead boyfriend take over this poor bastard's body, and I don't give a shit what happened to that guy's soul because this is great. It's like very heroic, very heroic lady. Uh, it also starts out she's basically busting up some small time jewel thievery. Is like, is is this Wonder Woman? This 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 is the level of of threat you're handling. Is like you're you're busting up a robbery in a mall. Wow! Uh, again, let remind me what is what has Marvel been doing in their universe? Oh yeah, stopping someone who is destroying half the life in the universe. What's Wonder Woman doing? Oh, she's she's busting up a heist in a mall. Spider Man did stop the ATM robbery, and Spider Man is a street level hero. That's true. Always was. Always played that way. Wonder Woman, who. Who was brought up to, you know, save mankind? Oh, from these part-time, small-bit punk jewel thieves in a mall. Gotcha. Maybe like, she was shopping at the time and went, "Oh, look, there's bad guys." That's such a grandiose story. I'm so glad you did that for us. I mean, after all, it did close at the end of the other film with her standing up, surveying the entire city to make sure everything's okay. It's like, oh, I think I'll go hit that mall and stop these guys because. You know, people that a mall cop couldn't have stopped, for God's sakes. Well, Paul Blart. <sighs> yeah, Paul Blart couldn't have. But thank God I've never watched that piece of crap either. All I'm surprised. I, I'm not going to. I'm surprised Kevin James wasn't in this. Uh, this could have been a really good movie. And I've basically been bad-mouthing it the whole time. It's worth watching for Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman. It's worth watching for one of those cute Chris's as Steve Trevor. Yeah, and I know it's Chris Pine, but I just felt like saying that instead. Um, and their relationship is fun, but God, this movie is so flawed, and it's so damned irritating. Uh, is it Justice League level bad? Oh, hell no. <laughs> is, is it Batman v Superman bad? Not remotely. It's a decent film. But that's the problem. It's only a decent film, and it just wanders all over the damn place. Uh, it, it's hard to believe that Patty Jenkins did both of these movies, because this movie is just like... It almost it basically it looks like the studio had a shopping list and said, here, I want this, 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 this. And she said, OK, this, 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 instead of cutting the crap out of it and making a good film. I want to put and, Bruce Tim in charge of the D.C. films. Jesus Christ. How we've been saying that since before we've been doing the show. <laughs> You're being and that's been what we are. In, <laughs> do you realize how long we've been doing this show? 1887, sir. Something like that. Yes. Feels like it. Which makes Bruce way. Tim really old. Yeah, it does. I'm sorry, Bruce Tim. But it's true. It's like, my God, you look at the DC animated films, and they are light years beyond the stuff that DC puts out live action. It's yeah. and, and that's what's frustrating. That's what's frustrating. Wonder Woman, yeah, watch it. You'll like it. It's a fun movie. But you could have loved it, and that's the problem. That's the problem. The 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 villains are just like, eh. And, and if the villains are just, eh, it's hard to have a film that's more than that. And, and that's the issue I've got with that movie. Uh, much like Mulan, worth watching? Yeah. But it could have been a great movie. And it's like, boy, you guys really missed it. The special could have been great, but they just rehashed old storylines. 
more of the same, which is, I mean, it's not a bad thing, but it's, it's not soul. Exactly. Well, I'm going to close with a movie that I thought was a great movie. Okay. Which, which is not in the era of the superhero film or anything like that, but it is science fiction. It's called Midnight Sky. And this is direct to Netflix, another movie that went right to the streamers and stars and is directed by Mr. George Clooney. And it is one of the end of the world type flicks, although it doesn't really deal with the apocalypse version itself. You don't see huge scenes of destruction and all the rest of it. But basically just know that somehow we've screwed things up and people are leaving Earth. Or they're leaving sections of Earth to go to other sections, which they hope are more habitable. But spoiler, they ain't going to be. And if you've seen the trailers or heard anything about it, you know that's the case. So there. Clooney is basically the last man on Earth uh, who's decided to stay behind. And he's just trying to keep things going. Because it turns out that there's a space... Um, well, there's a spacecraft that they sent out for exploration for one of the exoplanets and they figured out, oh, maybe we can move here. And so they were out to investigate this to figure out, hey, can we live in this place? And they're coming back with the good news. But they think they're coming back to the Earth as they knew it. And they ain't because the Earth is, they know it is all destroyed. So he's trying to let them know, you know what? Don't bother because there's nobody here to save. Just turn around and save your fuel because if you don't, you can't get back. And then everybody's gone. So that's the, that's the premise here. But it turns out a little girl was left behind. And the little girl winds up at the place where he's at because that's the station where they left. So then he's trying to help her survive and he's trying to contact the people on the spacecraft. Meanwhile, the people in the spacecraft are trying to contact Earth and they're having their own struggles not getting killed by meteor showers and stuff like that. So it is basically still a slow-paced thoughtful drama character study with the aspect of, Oh, stuff blowing up in space, which is fun. Uh, Clooney is excellent in it. Uh, and the, the film cuts between the two storylines going back and forth, uh, not frenetically, not like an MTV video. So I was like, Oh, okay. I like that. Um, and you're just watching. So the, the tension is to figure out, well, first will Clooney and the little girl manage to survive. And then will the, the crew on the spacecraft manage to survive? And then on top of that, can they make contact? And can he let them know, turn around before it's too damn late? Because they've established that you can live on this planet. So even though there's a few of them, at least humanity could go on. So the, that's the, the storyline here. And it's very, very well done. And again, this is called Midnight Sky on Netflix. Uh, I liked Soul, and most people will like Soul probably more than Midnight Sky. But Midnight Sky, is, to me, is very, very close to that. Definitely a hell of a lot better than Wonder Woman 1984 or Mulan. So I do have two to recommend this week, Soul and Yay. Midnight Sky. I, you know, I, I'm going to say the Doctor Who special was skippable, but watch it if you want to. There's no harm in it. It's not going to kill you. Uh Tenant, watch it twice to make up for the Doctor Who special you didn't see. <laughs> there you go. How's that? Does that work? And, oh, and as far as Mulan and Wonder Woman, uh, if you already have those services, by all means, watch them because they're yeah. worth watching. But don't think, don't oh, my God, that. I got to get this to, so I can watch that. And it's like, no, don't do that. There you it's, go. If it's free, watch it. 
And that sounds like the wrap to a show. So in post-pro, hi, Ted. See, <laughs> see take that. Um, anyway, we, we've got nothing in post-pro. We're going to be doing another show, but that'll actually come out yesterday. It will. That's time travel. See, I've been watching Tenet too much. Anyway, uh, for those of you who have not been paying attention, the COVID thing has not gone away. Yes, we have a vaccine. No, you probably haven't gotten it yet. No. So we've given you options. They're all available at home, including Die Hard, damn it. Go look for Carl. Regardless, <laughs> stay home. <laughs> Just stay home and watch a minute. Captain, we're losing power in the warp engines. I think we should be leaving now. I'm going to go home and sleep with my wife. Uh, and on that unusually harmonious bombshell, it is time to end. I am very disappointed. Man, we have a weird job. It's shameful, but uh, eh, it's a living. And like that, he's gone. Dorn, that's the end.